0: This is Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Good of you to join us this Wednesday morning. Chinese stocks charge higher for a seventh straight session. What does history tell us about a potential market correction? In other news, Google and Tomasic Holdings are in negotiations to join a funding round of between $500 million and $1 billion for Indonesian e-commerce giant PT Tokopedia is it time to consider a rotation from developed to emerging markets? The Federal Reserve became one of the top holders in some of the world's largest credit ETFs less than two months after stepping into the market. It's also snapped up more than $1.3 billion in corporate bond ETFs. So what's next? And back home, Singapore has chosen Nokia and Ericsson over Huawei to build core 5G networks. What does this say about what Singapore is banking on to continue making itself relevant and valuable to global markets? I'm going to put all these questions to Swapnil Mishra, head of private wealth at Crystal AI, helping us interpret market conversations as seasoned investors do. How are you, Swapnil? I'm very well, thank you. Hi, how are you? Good of you to join us this morning. All right, let's look at shares in China and Hong Kong. We've been talking about how they've been rallying. Uh, we know that China's state media has fed an already exuberant Chinese stock market, some extra fuel Monday, uh, with a report saying that it's fostering a healthy bull market. And we also know that what's been happening with the rally in China has been drawing comparisons to back in 2014 15 when the CSI 300 rose 150% between July 2014 and June 2015 and then subsequently declined 43% by August 2015. So what's happening, Swapnil? Do you foresee
1: another large market correction? I think at this point of time, I would be scared to be in company of bears. I, I feel safer with a bull around me. <laughs> Won't we all? <laughs> So you know, it's it's just been uh, you know one uh, central bank or policy maker after the other. So you know, like I think there was a head there was a headline that if U.S. has fed, uh, China has its state media to uh, to kind of you know send the right signals and almost encourage the people to believe in the bull run. Yeah.
0: So so besides china's state media is the expectation that central governments around the world will backstop markets fueling this bull run
1: i think the commitment to backstop is there and the uh, you know so there are two things that can potentially trigger uh, and, and and honestly i think it may not even be related to the second wave or the number of infections, because uh, it does seem to be you know something which uh, you know governments have kind of understood or at least have are better equipped to handle uh, two things could trigger one is uh, some kind of a significant profit taking where you know investors start booking profits and that uh, triggers uh, at least a healthy correction mm-hmm. um, the second is if there's some kind of a sector rotation and uh, when you you know started you you alluded to that in terms of uh, Either it's a rotation between uh, growth and value or it is a rotation between uh, developed markets and emerging markets. And we could see that rotation uh, result in some, you know, slowdown in some markets. But in the remaining markets, we may see a kind of, you know, playing catch up.
0: Okay, but given what you see of the volatility so far, I mean, is it clear that that there is a mismatch between a potential second wave uh, in China and then the
1: optimism in the market? Yeah, the optimism is definitely there. And uh, it's it's almost dismissing any news uh, and only going by the positive news. So, like, for example, in case of China, the uh, production numbers are higher. And, uh, you know, at least the data is, is, is positive. I guess the only negative could be around exports because clearly global demand is going to slow down and that will affect China. But that, that is being ignored. And the only thing which is being looked at is that there is some positive news. And see, as long as there are enough people ready to buy at a new high, the rally will have its legs. And uh, it'll just need a few people to turn around and say, okay, I'm not buying anymore. I want to sell. And that could trigger. So with these markets, I do agree that the uh, if you can see it's a spike, you can also see a significant markdown in a very short period of time. And in fact, March has taught us that lesson that both the correction and recovery can happen at speeds which are uh, historically, uh, they, they, they haven't happened.
0: All right, so key question. How long do you expect this bull rally to continue?
1: I think this will have legs at least for some more time. Uh, a Part of the reason being, uh, U.S. will keep it supported. There is a, an election happening over there. So they will uh, from Fed's point of view, they'll keep it going. Uh, we have some sort of a tech war also that's happening between uh, US and China, which will also keep the uh, stakes high for uh, you know, China, and, and they have not even resorted to printing. they're just you know sending the right messages and, and signals. Uh, I think this rally will have uh, has some more to go, although risk is very high, but it has some more room to go.
0: All right, Sopna, let's move now to another piece of news, Google and Tomasek Holdings, in negotiations to join a funding round of between five hundred million and one billion dollars for Indonesian e-commerce giant. PT Tokopedia, that's an online marketplace backed by SoftBank uh, Vision Fund, and it has held talks with U.S. Internet giants like Facebook and Microsoft and Amazon. So this potentially is going to boost uh, Google's presence in Southeast Asia, strengthening investment here, begging the question, is it time for a sector rotation from developed to emerging markets?
1: i think this is very good news i mean of course they are still in, in discussions and it has not been closed but uh, as a sign the fact that uh, the us big tech uh, and the you know kind of global giants are looking at uh, asia for growth and specifically in, in you know closer home so southeast asia uh, we saw in case of facebook the uh, you know the investment in in, in india we are seeing over here in the retail space and all of that is is a reflection of growth being expected and if the region is growing and there is investments being made i think that's a very positive sign uh, because it has a multiplier effect right so you have investments you have growth you have more uh, you know spending all of that uh, will be a big positive uh, mm. for the region and and fresh inflows of capital again something which is going to be uh, a big positive at a, at an emerging market level it will have an impact because the size and scale of these investments are are meaningful
0: yeah, I mean these are you know America's largest internet corporations looking increasingly yeah. towards Asia um, as growth in the U.S. and Europe slows, and it appears that they are seeking to tap the region's rapidly growing smartphone-savvy population. Facebook buying a stake in India's geo platforms, WhatsApp striking a deal uh, to invest in Gojek, for example. But do you think that emerging markets' handling of COVID, which some have say have fallen behind compared to developed markets? Is cause for concern and could impact the growth of their economies.
1: I mean, we we have seen Brazil as a classic example of emerging market, or rather, even you know, large part of Latin America has clearly uh, not handled it well, mm. and the numbers are showing. You can see that in the underperformance of uh, the equity markets. You can see that uh, there is there's a lot of concern before going into that part of the world. But I think Asia has been a beneficiary, and there could be another reason for Asia being the beneficiary is uh, Southeast Asia or Asia because it's, um, it's something which is important for China just because of the proximity and hence becomes a place of interest for both US and uh, China in terms of uh, landing a, a strong presence.
0: And should we be looking at emerging markets stocks or bonds? I understand analysts have actually cut their estimates for profit at emerging market companies by some 17% in the past three months because they're factoring in the possible economic impact of the COVID pandemic. Uh, bonds, on the other hand, bond yields hovering at levels last seen in 2011, and their expectations that emerging markets are going to step up uh, when it comes to, to more borrowing. So what do you think, stocks or bonds, when we're looking at emerging markets?
1: I think in case of uh, emerging market, the central banks don't have the wherewithal to support uh, the corporate bonds if there is a wave of uh, bankruptcies or even pressure on the balance sheet of these companies. So what ends up happening is if you're doing if you're buying bonds, uh, one has to be very selective to deep dive into the balance sheet and check and, and going by what happened with Wirecard you have to really double check because it may say that the, the balance sheet is showing something and it may not even be there mm. so um, so so i would say uh, picking single names in the corporate uh, bonds for emerging markets is very challenging mm. uh, requires a lot of resources and hence equity is a better uh, alternative because you can diversify you can pick good businesses and while volatility may be higher in case of equities but if if they are good value and and, and they are good businesses then you will get rewarded uh, as the as the growth uh, you know engine kicks in All right, Swapnil,
0: another piece of news I want to get through with you. Uh, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway's decision to buy Dominion Energy gas assets for $4 U.S. billion. Natural gas is one of the oldest power sources in the U.S. started powering Baltimore streetlights back in 1816. So today, should investors be looking at including natural gas assets into their portfolios?
1: i i i think so i think uh, this uh, one it's a good sign that uh, you know Warren Buffett has kind of opened his checkbook and said okay let's go buy um, it's it's a positive sign uh, the second is the sector is more uh, i would say energy plus it is utilities and utilities if you see uh, you know there's, a, there's an etf also for that xlu uh, it's something which has underperformed so it has been a laggard because all the action or the limelight has been taken by uh, biotech, it has taken by pharma and by the big tech. So utilities is seen as a you know more boring kind of an investment, and uh, I would say this is a sign for that as well. That uh, as, as as something which uh, which is more stable and maybe less volatile, uh, utilities has a place in the uh, in the portfolios.
0: So how does one find companies to invest in when looking at natural gas?
1: So, if you're looking from an energy point of view, then XLE is the ETF, which is the Energy ETF, which is broad based and gives you know allocation to energy sector. Uh, if you're looking at just utilities, then XLU is the, is the ETF which uh, which gives you a broad basket of uh, uh, utilities companies across uh, the US.
0: All right, let's turn to news of what's going on with the uh, Fed. Apparently, buying up those corporate bonds, aren't they? They're the top holders of the largest corporate bond ETF.
1: Really, what's going on? <laughs> <Well>, they are buying. <laughs> I think you know. They. They. I think probably they're listening to. I don't know if you recall the old song. Um, you know, "Papa Don't Preach" by Madonna. <laughs> hey. So and Fed is the big daddy, Fed Fed is Papa. So right now Papa is saying, you know, I'm not going to preach, I'm just going to buy. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you weaved in your playlist there. <laughs> so yeah, Fed is out there to support and and this is this is a reflection. So when you earlier asked the question that, you know, is the rally going to continue? Now here you have a situation where Fed has gone ahead and started buying, it has become one of the top holders in these ETFs. And is a clear reflection that whatever it takes, right? So WIT, whatever it takes, they will do to kind of keep this thing at least supported. Um, that has a moral hazard because it, it reduces the alertness of the investor. Mm. So in my view, if we if we manage that moral hazard, which means as an investor we don't go crazy, but we stay and continue to participate because with so much of commitment from fed which is demonstrated right this is not a a policy statement this is not some interview on fox news this is this is actual you know investments being done by fed yeah
0: um
1: so so i think the they will keep it supported they have all the motivation to do it they may succeed they may fail which is why as an investor uh, participation plus prudence is uh, is key. Are we talking about the
0: iShares iBox, Dollar Investment Grade Corporate Bond ETF LQD?
1: Yes.
0: LQD yes. LQD. So this means that it, I mean I can imagine has it attracted huge inflows since the Fed announced its decision?
1: It has. It, in fact, it it recovered significantly. In fact, LQD was one of the uh, you know one of the odd uh, ETFs which corrected significantly at the peak of the crisis because. At that time, the market was pricing in. If you looked at the LQD price, it was pricing in about twenty percent bankruptcies. It's like saying that okay, out of one thousand companies, twenty percent of those companies are going to go bankrupt, and so I'm going to knock the price down from a hundred to eighty. So this and,
0: is yeah okay go ahead yeah. yeah
1: so yeah so that so that has kind of come back up because the minute Fed and this is more from Fed's point of view. Mm. This is a way of indicating that they are there to support uh, companies and. That's the difference between an emerging market, let's say, if, if in India they want to do it or if they want to do it in Indonesia, it's going to be difficult because they'll have to pick the companies and say, okay, this is a company that I want to support and this I don't want to. And that's, that's more, you know, it's more difficult to execute. With Fed, it was easy because they just said, okay, we'll buy LQD. Then they said, okay, we'll buy um, high yield grade. So they said, okay, we'll buy HYG, which is the high yield uh, or, or you know lower credit rating bond uh, ETF. And they said, okay, let's support them as well. So, it's it's a method of uh, supporting the uh, liquidity or supporting the underlying uh, market.
0: Is this traditionally a very illiquid, infrequently traded sector of the financial markets?
1: No, it's actually very liquid. Now it
0: is because the Fed's
1: in it, right? But before that, even before that, it was. Oh, the the, the problem has been that fixed income. Traditionally, has been the domain of uh, funds. Mm. So, if if you want a fixed income allocation, you will go to a PIMCO because you will say, okay, PIMCO is a great fund manager, and let me put my money in PIMCO. You pay one and a half percent to PIMCO, and then they do fund management and mm. they basically select the you know let's say the 500 funds or the 100 uh, bonds, sorry, that they like. Mm. Uh, LQD is is an ETF, so it just buys. All the you know uh, high grade or investment grade bonds. It doesn't do. uh, It follows an index methodology. So the popularity of these ETFs is increasing now because one, of course, Fed has helped, and second is because the cost is extremely low compared to a bond fund.
0: Okay, well, thanks for explaining that. Let's turn to 5G now. Singapore deciding on 5G networks. and deciding to go with Ericsson and Nokia and not Huawei to develop uh, 5G networks, what do you read from this? Uh,
1: I mean, there, there, if you see in the in the in the media, there is so much of talk about whether this is a statement because I think the timing of it happened just when US was announcing uh, their uh, you know uh, trying to ban Huawei. Um, but I think it's it's a I think it's a very well handled situation and mm. it shows again how Singapore is a global player while it has a small domestic market.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's an it's an important uh, you know place for the next kind of you know digital economy and uh, they have I mean Huawei is still going to supply at least in, in terms of the equipment and things like that but the main contract is probably on the basis of just merit or cost or even diversification because you know as as a country you would want to diversify your um, uh, suppliers and uh, manage to you know keep the relationship uh, strong with both us and china i mean i think that's i think that's the message embedded there
0: yeah that that singapore's banking on industry, industry technology digital economy as a resource to continue to be positioned as valuable to global markets. Interesting. Yeah. All right, so Abnul, you shared your playlist. Uh, but before you go, what, what is your read of markets this morning? Sorry,
1: what do I What is your reading of markets? I think we have a we have a strong uh, week continuing. Uh, but again, watch it because <laughs> the, at, at some point, uh, people will start uh, saying, uh, where do we go from here? So... That's <laughs> uh, a whole different the
0: playlist, day. huh, that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be different. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. He's Swapnil Mishra, head of Private Wealth at Crystal AI in Money and Me. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg